Coming to you live from a barbecue shack near you, it's the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. We've got the sweet tea, the white bread, and a whole lot of slow smoke takes lined up. So put down your turkey burger, turn up the volume, and grab your hog, because it's about to be on. Oh, yeah. Now, say hello to your self-proclaimed food and sports experts, the utterly enthusiastic Holt Smash, and the one and only Tinder King of Memphis, Mr. JB the underscore Brooks. And now, here's your host, always full of ship, Alex Bullship One. Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoked Kentucky Preview Podcast. That was a lot of syllables. I'm your host, Alex. We got my boys, Holt Smash. What's up, Holt? Alex, how's it going, man? It was good to see you this weekend. I hope you enjoyed our trip to Chicago. Enjoyed your, your company at Wrigley Field. Thanks, dog, dude. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, I do miss the Central Time Zone, as always, but Chicago was great. Um, also joined by Mr. JB Brooks. What's up, JB? Alex, uh, I had to miss you guys this past weekend. I know you guys had a grand old time. Meanwhile, I'm uh, doing a lot of stuff around the house, trying to get stuff right, done in the kitchen while uh, Holt was away. Did you walk around naked the entire time or just like a little bit after the shower? Probably about sixty nine percent of the time. Sixty nine percent. That's a good. That's a good amount of time, I would say. Um, did you get any good eating, JB, while we, while you were gone? Like, did you cook? Did you go out to eat anywhere in Memphis that we should hear about? Actually, I did. Um, Saturday night, uh, me and a few of my family members we went to, uh, and also my girlfriend, girlfriend Kat, we went to uh, Pete and Sam's. I don't know if you ever heard of Pete and Sam's. It's a uh, Long time Memphis establishment, established like in the 1940s, an Italian restaurant, and I had a big Italian dinner. It was, um, lasagna was the main entree, but also had a side of ravioli, a side of Italian spinach, and also some bread with it as well. And then also some other people had like baby pizzas, like baby barbecue pizzas. So it was a uh, pretty grand meal, to say the least. And also I had a, uh, I had to have something else green along with this. I had a Italian salad with Italian dressing, which was pretty good too. I can I can dig that. We also obviously did Italian. And being in Chicago, we got the deep dish pizza from. I'm just gonna say Lou's. Sweet Lou's is what I call it, but it's it's Lou's and a dude that has the last name that starts with the M. That's very Italian that I can't pronounce or remember, but it was pretty good. And of course, Chicago dogs at the local spot right next to Wrigley Field. Wrigley as in one G, not two G's, right, Holt? That is correct. Um, if those of you who follow us on Twitter may have noticed that uh, my friend Alex uh, posted a picture of a hot dog, and he did it a little bit too quick and accidentally spelled Wrigleyville with two G's instead of one. So it's all part of the charm. I told him that it was misspelled on the sign. The sign, Wrigleyville Dogs, they actually spell it Wrigleysville with an S in there somewhere for some reason. So that's always been kind of like a running joke. 
But uh, I hope you enjoyed it. That's like one of my favorite places to eat. I get I got a big old gyro and some French fries, and it was really good. A forever because I did I didn't know I had to, I had to misspell it somehow. I just didn't have the misspelling correct. But that's okay. Um, yes, the food was great. Do not have Waffle House in Chicago, but they do have Wrigley Dogs or Wrigleysville Dogs, whatever it's called. Um, and it was pretty good. It's open until four a.m. and it's now not only cash but credit and debit cards. So. Big things are happening in Chicago and Wrigleyville. I enjoyed it. And, um, Debbie, you haven't been to Chicago, but um, I didn't know how big the Cubs were in Chicago. I knew, obviously, everybody likes the Cubs more than White Sox. And people like the Cubs in Chicago. But I just didn't know um, how big it was, where we were, I guess, especially because we were in Wrigleyville right next to the stadium. But um, the games are always packed, it seems like, and uh, very, very loud. And people are actually paying attention to the game as opposed to taking selfies on Instagram. So just thought I'd share that little tidbit with you before we get into our larger debate about Kentucky football. Holt Smash and JV. Are y'all ready for this Kentucky football podcast or what? Absolutely, man. Let's get to it. I don't know. You know, Kentucky Kentucky's actually usually it is um <laughs> it is our, our one of our pride and joys to shit on Kentucky football, but we're actually um I don't know how you feel about it whole this year, but I'm not going to shit on them this much anymore this year because I feel like they they've earned more respect based off of last year. They did lose a lot of players this year, but um I think I think they might have a program developed there. Yeah, you know, last year, Alex, uh, we took a lot of sh- uh, crap what? from our crap college. Shit. A lot of sh- crap. I, I, know. I was trying to, I'm not trying to uh, curse, you know, as much on here, but we took a lot of crap from Kentucky fans last year, especially, especially week to week when uh, we did our weekly power rankings. We were not giving Kentucky the respect they rightfully deserved at times, and their fans let us have it, and quite frankly, we deserved it. Uh, we completely underestimated Kentucky last year, but let's just be fair. We weren't the only ones that underestimated Kentucky. A lot of people around the SEC, you know, underestimated how good Kentucky was going to be last year. But we took a lot of crap, but Shit. Kentucky will not be sneaking on anyone this year, and they will not be sneak, sneaking up on us this year. Still cannot beat Tennessee, though, right, JB? Yeah, there's two things that I, I was having a discussion with Holt before the podcast. There's two things that hold true to Kentucky football. They always beat South Carolina and always lose to Tennessee. Yeah. It's just the way it goes because Tennessee hasn't been good in the past two or three years, whatever you want to call it. And Kentucky's maybe even better. I don't know. But they've been improving more than Tennessee has been. And this last year, maybe Kentucky's best year in their program history. Uh, still can't get by a five-win Tennessee team. So, it's just the way it is, but um, I'm excited for to talk about Kentucky football, mainly because I might be the only one talking here on this podcast that actually believes in Terry Wilson and his improvement from uh, freshman year to sophomore year. I know as a quarterback, you have to kind of like throw the ball good, but um, I think they can actually get by with him. Definitely. What's that? I said it definitely helps when you can throw good. But I feel like they can get by without him throwing the ball down. I mean, you look at Tennessee, what they did with Josh Dobbs, and everybody loves Josh Dobbs, although I was not high on him as much as everyone else. But he's playing for the Steelers now, so, I mean, shit, he's got to be good for something. So, 
Uh, let's just let's, let's just get into it for a second. So let's just start with their offense here. Uh, they they lost a lot of stars on offense and defense. JB was informed me they have four returning offensive starters and four returning defensive starters from last year. Um, the main starter returning is Terry Wilson, but they also lost Benny Snell. So um, I'll just give it to you, Holt. What do you what do you think about them on offense to start the year? Well, you know, I think they're still going to be. Um, they did lose some offensive linemen, obviously losing Benny Snell, but I, I, I still think that they're going to be able to run the ball pretty well. Um, I think AJ Rose is a guy who can create a lot of explosive plays, and uh, you know maybe create some more offense that way. Um, Benny Snell was more of a between the tackles, like grinded out guy, and I think AJ Rose can be that guy as well. But I think Rose is going to get some more big plays. I don't know if they're going to be able to lean on him quite as much as they did Snell last year, but I really like AJ Rose to have a, a big year this year. And uh, you know, Lynn, Lynn Bowden, the wide receiver, returning is a really explosive player. We saw him returning punts last year and making big plays. So he's definitely got to watch out for. And, you know, as far as Terry Wilson goes, you know, he didn't have the best uh, year passing the ball last year, but it's his second year in the system, his second year in the, you know, in the SEC East. He's uh, got really familiar with all the defenses he's going to be facing, and I expect uh, improvement from him. Uh, I don't expect him to, you know, turn into Andre Woodson or anything like that, but I do expect him to take a big step forward this year and be uh, a solid quarterback in the SEC in uh, 2019. Holt, how much do you know about their potential preseason or I guess even all-conference offensive lineman Drake Jackson? What do you what can you tell me about him? Because what I've read about him is that he has a very good chance to be preseason all-SEC and I guess possibly all-conference uh, SEC when it's all said and done this year. You know what I can tell you about Drake Jackson? He's Wait. number 52 and he's a junior. That's 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 all the, the insight we're gonna get. <laughs> that's all I that's all I got, Alex. Sorry, I I do apologize. I'm not uh, always really watching the offensive linemen. I did play offensive line in high school, but you know I I kind of just follow the ball with most fans. I don't claim to be like Mr. Cole Kubik or anything like that. Um, I mostly just follow the football. But if you say he's good, then I'll take your word for it. Well, that's what Athlon Sports says, and I, I'll I'll be. I'll be real with you too. I never watch offensive line. I just watch the running backs after the, after the like the I guess the hole was created there, the uh, the gaps. But it's 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 hard. It's hard to watch. I mean, you you notice you. I think you more notice like teams' offensive lines. You don't necessarily notice individual players. List. I yeah. don't. Like you know, Alabama yeah. usually has a good offensive line, but you know you know some of their players obviously, but you don't really think of them individually. You think of them as a whole unit, right? And no, they have 100%. three offensive linemen returning, I think, is what I read. And uh, I think it's going to be just a challenging year in general because they don't have Benny Snell. You mentioned their uh, their backup running back. That's now going to be the starter, uh, Rose. I think he had like 400 yards, but he did have 6.2 yards per carry. But I guess that's uh, what's going to happen when you're, you're backing up Benny Snell and everybody's already worn out from Benny Snell just running it down the middle and – grinding out those three or four yards at a time to get a first down. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how Rose will step into the lead role this year. And I actually, I think you, maybe you can comment on this and JB, I'll let you comment in a second, but uh, can you comment on, I guess this year without Benny Snell and year two for Terry Wilson, do you think the offense is going to open up a little bit more instead of being a uh, grinded out, you know, run two or two or three times uh, to get the first down? 
kind of offense? No, I definitely still think they're going to be running the ball. I mean, that that's this year. Um, you know, we talked about – I think Terry Wilson's going to step up this year, and they have, you know, Lynn Bowden as a wide receiver that I think can be a real big playmaker. But besides him, they don't really have a lot of weapons outside. They lost a, you know, lost a lot of their starters on the outside from a season ago. Um, and I just – I really feel like they, they pretty much established what their identity is on offense. They're going to run the ball. They're going to kill the clock and uh, all those types of things. Um, you know, we talked about A.J. Rose. Uh, Christopher Rodriguez Jr. is another guy um, that is probably going to get in the, in the uh, get some carries, excuse me. And then they have another guy. I can't remember his first name, but his last name's Smoke. And I just feel like if you have a last name like Smoke, like you have to be good. Like, I mean, I just don't know. Like, I don't know how you're going to have a name like Smoke and not be good. So I, I expect him to. Their their running backs are definitely like on the all name team. If we had to make like an all name team out of running backs, Kentucky would definitely would definitely take that honor. Maybe the Smoke guy could give barbecue. Maybe that's like his calling, not necessarily running fast. Well, apparently he's a really good one-cut runner. That's what his coach said uh, in an article I read about him. So, You know, you talked you talked about uh, all their names on offense, but uh, I'll switch it over to JB. JB, is there a better name in college football than Cash Daniel? I wouldn't say so. I mean, plus the way that he, you know, uh, runs his mouth, too, and he backs it up, too. He's got some swagger. I like I like players that have swagger and can back yeah, it up. Like he, play, he plays with a lot of swag. And I can respect that. And he's he's money on the fields. So I mean, Cash Daniel really fits him well. Maybe. But yeah, I was gonna say, um, Cash Daniel. Um, you know, the name itself, like. Yeah. So tell me, let's switch over to their defense now, since you're already talking about Cash Daniel. Uh, they're. team that was really good on defense last year. Uh, best defensive players in all of college football last year. We always have this debate if he was the best in the country or best in the SEC, but um, he's a really great player regardless, and um, they're going to definitely miss him on defense next year. I was also want to keep you updated here. Well, they'd have to have an anchor. The thing I was breaking up there for a second, I was talking about uh, Matt House, JB, how he left uh, Kentucky to go coach the Kansas City Chiefs linebacker, who was a defensive coordinator at Kentucky. Now he's the uh, linebacker's coach at Kansas City, and now they have replaced him with Brad White, who coached the linebackers, ironically, at Kentucky last year and also had experience coaching the Colts linebackers uh, for a few years. Uh, can you tell me, JB, would you rather or is it is it a better better job to go coach a position in the NFL versus a defensive coordinator uh, in college? It's all relative to what the coach aspirations is. I mean, there's some co- some coaches that have aspirations to coach at the professional level, and then you got some that want to coach at the college level because they're two completely different levels and positions that – in the NFL level, it's all business. You're just coaching the game. That's all you're doing, and coaching and scouting. When you're doing the college level, you're also not just coaching on the field. You're also recruiting, and you're also being like a father figure to a lot of these kids, and you're also developing talent too. So I mean, it's, it's two different levels. 
I mean, for me personally, if I was a coach, I would probably pick the NFL level. I think that'd actually be a little bit easier than the college. I mean, that's just me. Yeah. You could also think uh, about maybe Matt House was just timing it right because this is obviously one of the best seasons Kentucky's ever had, especially on the defensive side. So maybe he was just, you know, peaking or wanted to leave while he was on top as opposed to having to rebuild completely with a whole new defense uh, this year. So uh, just have to wonder. But they have now Brad White uh, as a defensive coordinator who was coaching the linebackers last year and coached the linebackers for the Colts a few years ago too. Um, what can you tell me about the defense, JB? You know, they have they lost a lot of guys. They lost Josh Allen's NFL. They have Cash Daniel returning. But other than that, um, are you optimistic about this Kentucky defense, or is it going to be a struggle this year? I'm actually kind of excited about their um, their front seven, especially uh, with uh, Quinn Bohanna and Calvin Taylor back on the line, and also uh, T.J. Carter uh, coming in and playing defensive end. Like that's going to be a really experienced uh, defensive line with um, two seniors and a junior. You also got uh, Cash Daniel anchoring uh, the linebackers. Uh, you know, he was kind of their leader of the defense last year. I mean, I think their defense, even though they lost uh, you know, a lot of starters, um, I still think they can kind of just reload from last year. And, so, and I, I like him. I think Quentin Bohanna is going to be a big-time NFL draft prospect, too, coming in this year. He's kind of the guy that you kind of forget about because there's so many good defensive linemen in the SEC, but Bohanna is the name to keep an eye on. Yeah, they got a lot of sides on that defensive line. They got some really big dudes. You look at T.J. Carter, 6'4", 361, and then another guy, uh, Marquand McCall, uh, he's going to be a sophomore this year. He's 6'3", 376. So they got some big dudes in that defensive line. He's almost 400 pounds. This Marquand McCall, yes. He's about – he's a couple biscuits short of – a couple biscuits short of 400s. Dude, my, I think I tweeted this out once upon a time. My favorite thing to say about, like, big bony people or when people say it, I, it might be a southern thing too, is like, man, he sure don't miss a meal. It's Mark Hall has not been missing very many meals. Yeah. Well, um, that's what we like on this podcast. So maybe we can we can uh, have a have him on to talk about his favorite meals. Uh, you know what's scary though is in SEC especially. I mean, I guess NFL wherever, uh, big time football. You get big guys like that. You know, three three twenties, just you know, three hundred three hundred plus six two six three plus. That can still run like a four, five, four, six, forty, and it's that's scary to get hit by somebody that big and that fast. I'm not sure how fast exactly he is, but um, and that's I guess that's what what you talk about when we talked back in the day or once upon a time about what your favorite position was. I think you always talk about the linebacker because it's a good mix of speed and size, um, which I guess you would like defensive end at that point too because that's the same thing to me sometimes. Oh yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, you definitely don't want to get in front of these guys at the buffet line. That's all I know. <laughs> what we, we talked once upon a time. I mean, I forgot what the good places were to eat, uh, eat in Lexington, but we, we definitely we definitely researched this once upon a time. I feel like this is a JB question. JB, you know the good places to eat in Lexington? Uh, shoot, I can't remember exactly. There was one of them that was a diner, and I can't remember exactly what the name of the diner was, but that was one of the places that I thought looked pretty good. I but also, um, Harry's American Bar and Grill is a kind of a low-key popular place. Uh, Pies and Pints is good if you like really good pizza and uh, craft beer. And Lexington? But, uh, I don't remember the name of the diner that I like there so much. 
I can't it's I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it was a uh, kind of a popular place. Um, you know, I'm, I'm almost I'm almost got it. I think. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, mean, I, I just can't it, but sounds you know, like someone's googling something to me. I don't know about you, Alex. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not even gonna try to Google this, Alex. But um, I'm sure some Kentucky fan will roast us after this and let us know what the name of the diner is. But uh, yes, that was it. Had some really good southern food at that diner. Is one I'm talking about. Do you, we we talked about before um, wanting to go to different SEC games uh, around the conference? Is Lexington? Where's Lexington on y'all's list? I know we want to go to LSU. I guess on the top of the list, but Lexington has to be on there somewhere eventually. Even uh, though they have, don't have the greatest history, but their their program's on the up and up at least. Yeah, I mean, I think Lexington. I mean. No disrespect to the football program, but I think you want to go to Lexington mainly to go to a basketball game there. I mean, that's, I mean, let's not sell them short. They are a basketball school first and foremost. They play football second, but their football program is really good now. I, but I mean that I would want to go to Lexington for a basketball game first. Now the best kind of weekend would be to go in November when you can maybe catch a, a Friday night game at Rupp, you know, early in the season when they open their season, and then catch a Saturday game you know, at home. That would probably be the best kind of weekend. I think if you do the um, Kentucky-Louisville game, that would be fun. Yeah, for, for sure. For football, I mean, I mean, football though, so I'm saying. Yeah. I would say basketball would be fun, too. Yeah, like, I definitely want to catch a football game at uh, Kroger Field one day, but I think the ideal weekend would be to do a doubleheader with basketball and football, because that usually happens with a lot of schools in November. You get a little bit of overlap with yeah. basketball Friday night, then football on a Saturday. I know one thing, you just don't uh you don't walk up into a Kroger Field expecting a W, right, Holt? You definitely do not walk into a grocery store and expect to walk out with a W. <laughs> um before we get into the schedule and how hard it is to play at a grocery store at Holt, uh let's talk about Mark Stewart for a quick second. Um his seventh season now at Kentucky. He's lasted a lot longer than a lot of people thought. Before last year's great season Holt did you believe in Mark Stoops, the coach? No, I did not. I mean, honestly, they had improved a little bit every year, but it was not great improvement. You saw, like, you know, they'd win one or two more games than they did the year before, and they were still really struggling against uh, some non-conference opponents that they shouldn't be struggling against, and they weren't really challenging uh, the powerhouses in the SEC. So you really felt like they were kind of – last year was kind of like a make-or-break season for them. And uh, they were able to come through, and obviously they had the huge 10-win season, went to the Citrus Bowl, beat Penn State, you know, capped off a great season for Kentucky. And uh, I think really showed that Mark Stoops, you know, I mean, maybe isn't quite on the level of like a Nick Saban or Bobby Smart or anything like that, but he's definitely definitely proven that he's a really solid coach who can develop and find and develop players. And Kentucky's recruited a little bit better than they get credit for, but – uh, especially along the lines of scrimmage. Um, so I think that he's definitely got some staying power now, and I think he's kind of won over that fan base. And I, you know, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to win 10 games every year, but I'm expecting them to be a really solid program over the next, you know, five, 10 years with a. Uh, with... If they can be a consistent bowl eligible team, I think that's something um, that is achievable and desired there. I mean, I don't think Kentucky football fans are expecting them to go 10, win 10 or 11 games every year either playing the SEC, but I think they do expect to compete. I, I guess 
they probably just – if I was a Kentucky fan, I would just measure myself against Vanderbilt and say we can't lose to Vanderbilt. We can't have Vanderbilt being better than us. I think I think what success looks like for Kentucky football is winning consistently eight games and going to bowl game and winning bowl games. I think that would be – I think that's a good goal. I mean, I don't know where, where you think – where you sit with that hold. No, I mean, I agree. And, I mean, you know, some people may disagree um, with me. Like, as a Kentucky fan, like, you know, the rational thing to do is probably just expect or just hope to go to a bowl game. And, then, you know, if you make it. Um, but, I mean, I don't really fault people for wanting their teams to be elite and play like it, play at a high level. You know, um, I'm not saying, like, it's probably the most realistic at school like Kentucky. But, you know, as someone like myself, obviously, being a Mississippi State fan has, has been brought up many times. Um, you know, I kind of hate it. People say that, like, we shouldn't have expectations or anything like that. I think it's okay to have expectations. I think it's okay to want to compete at the highest level. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, you know, I don't know if that's – it's definitely harder in a school like Kentucky. But, I mean, I think you can you can hope for as much as you want. Um, but I just don't think you can be firing coaches for going six and six, seven and five. Yeah. And it actually is – I was just thinking about that. There are a lot of similarities between Kentucky and Mississippi State or – I mean, I know you don't like hearing that whole, but uh, I'm really thinking more of like Mark Stoops and Dan Mullen at one point in time because Dan Mullen, especially at the very beginning, he wasn't just winning 10 or 11 games every year, but he was doing better than the people, the coaches before him. And uh, he was moving the program forward, but people still didn't necessarily love him at first. I think people started liking him a lot more towards the end. But I think that's how Mark Stoops is now, especially like I guess he's, He's uh, well-liked and likes him now, but um, people weren't as appreciative of how long it took to get the program better to where it is now. But we'll see. It's a very important year for Kentucky football because they just came off the 10-win year last year, winning the bowl game. Um, and we really need to see if they can sustain their success at Kentucky. So I think this is an important year to uh, you know at least get seven wins, if not uh, eight wins. I think if they get eight wins or more, I think that's – that's when you know that their their program has arrived and they're um, they're actually going to compete in the SEC East. So let's get to the schedule real quick. Um, let's talk about some games. Uh, obviously, they play everybody in the East, and then non-conference isn't too great. Uh, they play Louisville, obviously the rival. UT Martin is their big uh, pay game, I guess. Play Toledo, Eastern Michigan, and uh, Mississippi State's their big rival holds. Um, JB, anything on that schedule jump out at you, or I guess what jumped out of you or at, at me especially is that this is a very uh, winnable schedule. Yeah, it's a winnable schedule, but there's also a few swing games on the schedule t- that, to me, will determine whether you know Kentucky can go anywhere between I think uh, five wins and eight wins, judging by the schedule. Yeah, I would... the swing. Go ahead. Swing games to me. The swing games are really Florida at Mississippi, at Mississippi State, at South Carolina, and at home against Missouri and Tennessee. Those, are, to me, are the five swing games that will make or break at Kentucky's uh, record this year. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the schedule now, and I, I would definitely agree with you that the floor is five wins. Um, Holt, you see, you see these – I'm going to name these games real quick. Can you tell me if they're the easy win games? I'm going to say Toledo, Eastern Michigan – uh, Vanderbilt, UT Martin, and Louisville. Are those the easy, winnable games that like you should expect Kentucky to win? 
Well, uh, considering that on the Vanderbilt preview, I had Vanderbilt beating Kentucky, um, I, I would say no. I do think they're going to win all their out-of-conference games, um, but they do struggle. Kentucky does like to screw around in those non-conference games. Um, I'm not really sure what the deal is, but it seems like every time they play an out-of-conference game, they struggle. Um, so I, I do expect maybe like some close games in there, but I do expect them to go 4-0 out-of-conference. I think they'll beat Louisville pretty easily. I think Louisville's got a long rebuild ahead of them. Um which is also good for Mark Stutes when your rival is, yeah. is in the tank. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I look at their schedule and I see um, – I mean, I see a lot of opportunity. I mean, I think Kentucky's biggest, biggest weakness this year is going to be their secondary. Um, and I don't know if they play a lot of teams that can really take advantage of it. I, I mean, I think Georgia can. I think South Carolina possibly could with Jake Bentley. Um, but other than that, you don't really look at their schedule and see a lot of teams that can really take advantage of – of that young secondary for Kentucky this year. So, you know, it's definitely uh, a decent schedule. I think they're, you know, they're in a good position to make a bowl game. Um, but I, I think really anything could happen. I think, you know, they could, pro- they could be six and six. Then they could maybe be eight and four. I think they're somewhere in that range. Six and six, eight and four. All right. All right. Um, let's, let's go through these games real quick. Uh, and real quick, it's probably going to take an hour for us because we do like to talk a lot about these individual games. Let's go through the non or I mean, obviously, we're just going to go in order here. Let's start off with Toledo. Do you, do either one of you want to elaborate more on this game? It's not a, the easiest non-conference group of five game in the world. Toledo, I think, won seven games last year in the MAC. So it's not the easiest game, but it should be a game that Kentucky would win, uh, you know, their very first game of the year. But do either one of you want to elaborate more on this? Not really, but, I mean, I will give some respect for Toledo. I mean, they're a very solid MAC program. You can always count on them to make a bowl every year. Uh, They give some of these uh, Power 5 teams trouble, but Kentucky is an SEC program. They have the more talent. They should not struggle with this in their opener at home. I would give Kentucky an easy edge over than this one. And Toledo did beat Arkansas one time. Yeah. Ago. Did with Matt Campbell. Yeah. Where, Got on to, where is uh, – is Bielema coaching it? I think he's still like a special assistant for the Patriots. He is. He's a consultant. Man, that's that's a good life right there. That is a good life. All right, let's go. Apparently, to, go ahead. Too. What's that? But apparently, apparently he's lost a bunch of weight too. Doing big things. And he's got a hot-ass wife, too. Man. It's always good. It's always good. Um, Eastern Michigan next week, September 7th, at the grocery store, Kroger Field. Uh, I don't think this is one we need to talk about either. Although, Eastern Michigan, again, did go 7-6 and six last year in the MAC. Another MAC team. Um, I guess Kentucky just likes paying these MAC teams their, their big old payday. Um, but I, I think it's an easy win. Either one of you want to talk about this anymore? No. No, 2-0 for Kentucky. Start off. 2-0 Kentucky. Let's go to the next big game, Florida. Now, this is, this is actually a fun one because Kentucky did beat Florida last year in Gainesville, and this is the first time when I thought, all right, what, what's wrong with Dan Mullen at Florida? Or, like, it's like it's funny. You, you go back to that game last year. I don't know how y'all thought about it. I guess I'll ask you, J, you first, JB. When you saw Kentucky beat Florida last year, did you think – okay, something's wrong with, with Florida this year? Or did you just think, like, man, maybe Kentucky's actually good? Uh, when that game happened, I actually was more on the uh, bandwagon thinking Kentucky's really good, not that Florida was that bad. Although a lot of us were just wondering what the hell's wrong with Florida. But I think a lot, everyone was kind of expecting Florida to, you know, kind of have just an average year last year. 
But uh, Kentucky just came out of nowhere. But at that point when they beat Florida, that was when I started to really uh, give Kentucky a second look about how I evaluated them in the preseason. You know, this one, this one's going to be fun, JB, stay with you, um, because Kentucky did beat Florida last year, and Kentucky never beats Florida, or has really never beat Florida before that. And, um, you know, Florida's obviously going to want to have a re- revenge game, even in Lexington, but I think the Kentucky fans are going to come strong for this game, especially since they might be 2-0 going into this game. So I think this will be a – I mean, this obviously isn't going to be a game day game or anything like that, but I think it's going to be a fun crowd in Lexington for this game. So I don't think I, – I personally think Florida's still going, going to win because they should be the better team. But um, as whole, we'll talk about in a second, uh, Dan Mullen does like to screw around with some teams that aren't as talented as him sometimes. Yeah, this should be a really uh, low-scoring, uh, not very much fun-to-watch game. Uh, I do think it's going to be a close game, and I could really see this game going either way. I think a lot of people are going to pick Florida, uh, but I'm actually going to go with uh, Kentucky in this one. Um, just like I said, I, I don't, I'm not really sure that Florida can fully take advantage of Kentucky's secondary. I think Kentucky's going to want Florida to try to run the ball, and I think they're with the home crowd and it being like their first, like you know, really big game of the year. I think the crowd's going to be electric, and um, I think they're really going to gear up to stop the run. Dan Mullen works a lot of magic with uh, with quarterbacks. And, you know, Felipe Franks definitely had his struggles last year, but he, you know, came on strong or stronger at the end of the season last year. Um, so it's it's really tough for me. I could really see this game going either way. I think a lot of people are going to pick Florida. I think Florida is my favorite in this game. Um, but I'm going to go with Kentucky just because, you know, it's at home. And um, I, I, I think they're going to get a couple big plays out of Terry Wilson in this one to uh, – against that really good Florida defense. And, you know, the Kentucky's defense is going to have a big game and they're going to get the win. JB? This game is really tough for me. I think um, it's going to be a really ugly, low-scoring game. I'm in love with this Florida defense going coming into this season. I will elaborate a little bit more when we get to the Florida preview, but I really love this Florida defense. I think that uh, Todd Grantham is going to be sending the house to Terry Wilson. They're going to really show out to stop the running game for Kentucky. They're going to have to make Terry Wilson beat them through the air. And if Terry Wilson can't do that, then I think Florida wins in an ugly, low-scoring game. But I think that's that's going to be Grantham's game plan is to uh, stop the run and make Terry Wilson beat them. If Wilson can play the game of his life, I think they can beat Florida again. But I am going to go with the uh, Gators. I think it's just going to be a low-scoring game, I think, with um, – Kentucky, the weapons they lost on offense, their offense isn't going to be gelling yet. And Florida's defense at this point, early in the season, they're going to be uh, healthy and loaded. And I think they'll be able to control this game. So I'm going to go with uh, Florida in a low-scoring game. It'll go four quarters, but Florida will win ultimately by one touchdown at the end. That means I'm a tiebreaker, which I will have to agree with JB at this point. Two and one, Kentucky going to Starkville holds to take on your Mississippi State Bulldogs. Is this going to be a game you're going to attend, Holt? Uh, so that decision hasn't been finalized, but I definitely am leaning that way as of right now. You should. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, there's a lot of state games this year. There's a lot of home games, especially early in the season. I got a lot of options. Okay. Okay. Like, you know, I'm definitely going to try to make the most out of, out of my trips down there. Holt, you know, it's tough to get on there every week. 
But did you know that in this long historical rivalry with Kentucky and Mississippi State that the series, all-time series, is right now tied at 23 wins apiece? And it's crazy. It's hard to believe because Mississippi State was on, like, a really good run these last, like, 10 years um, under Dan Mullen. And it's crazy that, like, after all that, they, like, are still tied. I guess, like, Sylvester Croom and Jackie Sherrill just never could beat Kentucky. So that was a little bit of a time. Well, yeah, if you want to just go from – and this is how Wikipedia has it. If you want to go from, like, 97 forward, the Mississippi State's dominating pretty good. But where Mississippi State lost a lot is early on in the rivalry. If you go from, like, the 70s and 80s, which they didn't play every year, but that's where, uh, that's where Kentucky got their wins. And then before that, too. But they didn't really play every year until, like, what looks like 90 – 90 is when they started playing every year. So they played every year since 1990 whole. Um, and if you want to take ever since 1990, then Mississippi State's leading. They did have a streak of looks. Let's see what seven row hole, three, four, five, six, seven wins from 2009 to 2015, uh, which I guess that'd be Dan Mullen years and Stoops still. But uh, nevertheless, tied series to all time. So this one's for all the marbles at, at Mississippi State. I would imagine this would be a sellout, right, Holt? Uh, most likely, yeah. I think this is going to be State's first big game of the season at home. Uh, they do play Southern Miss at home before this, but you know that, that I think that'll be a sellout just because it's in State game. Um, but yeah, I expect this game to be a sellout, and it should be a really good environment. Hopefully, it's a night game. I hope I think that it will be. Really, it is. Um, but this should be a really exciting game. I mean, this was you know really close game for the first like three quarters last year. And, um, you know, there's definitely a lot of trash talk going on between both teams. So, they definitely don't care for each other. And it should be an exciting game. Wait, so do they actually hate each other? Well, I mean, as of last year, they did. I, mean, I don't know about, like, every year before that. But I think last year, there was definitely, like, some talk going on on Twitter before the game. That's good. That, that's healthy. That's really healthy, actually. Like, I, I'm not even saying that sarcastically. I think it's good when the rivalries, rivalries kind of stirred up a little bit. Um, so that's exciting. Makes it more exciting. So tell me, break down the game for me, Hole. What do you think is going to happen in this game in Starkville in front of a sellout crowd with cowbells and everything? Well, I mean, I, I expect Mississippi State's offense to take a step forward um, this year. Um, they really struggled in against the better defenses last season. Um, you know, Nick Gerald moves on. Um, Tommy Stevens is the grad transfer from Penn State. He's obviously played in Moorhead's system. And I was kind of grown up in it, and Moorhead's very familiar with him. So he's going to come in. He's going to know all the terminology and stuff like that. Um, you know, Keaton Thompson is a guy who could potentially win the job as well. Um, so it's it just, uh, you know, I, I really don't know what to expect uh, from Mississippi State this year on offense. Um, but I do think they're going to take a step forward. Um, they got some some big receivers that I think they can throw the ball up to. Uh, some, they are unproven, but I think they got some, you know, some decently talented guys and – Having a quarterback who can throw the ball a little bit should help them out. So, uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to go with Mississippi State in this game just because they're at home. I think it's going to be a really good environment, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if Kentucky won this game. JB, what's your analysis? Well, you know, uh, Holt pretty much gave a pretty good breakdown for this game. I think this is a uh, evenly matched game between two uh, really talented programs. Uh, I'm going to – give the lean to Mississippi State in this one just because of what Holt elaborated on. Um, but I'm going to go State. I just think with them being at home, it's going to be kind of 
advantage for state in this one. If this if this was in in Lexington, I'd pick Kentucky. With this being a Starkville, I think it's just a matter of state being at home, and also like Hold said, it was it's their first major home game of the year. I think it's going to be a raucous atmosphere. Uh, SEC Network will be there for the six thirty starts with uh, Jordan Rogers and Tom Hart as your leading announcing crew. So I'm going to go with uh, State in this one. Is that the yeah, worst game? Game could come down to like whoever's going to run the ball. I mean, that's kind of the truth about a lot of games in the. In the- but I think it's really going to come down in this game to who can uh, who can run the ball. And I I don't really trust either team a lot to make big plays in the passing game, but I think I would maybe trust Mississippi State just a little bit more, just because I really like uh, you know I really like Mississippi State secondary, and there's some question marks about Kentucky's receiver, and then I think there's some question marks about State's receivers and Kentucky's secondary. So I think if you put there, that gives Mississippi State like a slight edge to maybe make a play or two in the passing game that could they could win it. So we're all agreeing here. Mississippi State wins here. Are we going to say a two-touchdown game, Holt? I'd say between seven and ten points. Okay. I think I'm, I'm actually going to lean towards a two-touchdown uh, game, but that's just me. So two and two, Kentucky goes to Columbia, South Carolina to take on – what? who the JB? Who are they taking on? They're playing, playing the South Carolina Gamecocks. That's not what you tell me, JB. Playing the Cox. They're the Cox. They are the Cox. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll let you take the lead on this one, JB. So this is actually maybe one of my favorite games on the schedule because I think this is maybe the most toss up game on the schedule. You might disagree, but I think this is probably the most toss up. I know you said, JB, that Kentucky always beats South Carolina. That's what history has shown. But uh, you have Will Muschamp on the hot seat here. Um, Maybe not as much this year as next year, but he still needs this win more than anything. So I think there's a desperate Will Muschamp and South Carolina team that's going to be coming hard uh, for Kentucky. But then at the same time, if hard, what's that? Yeah, coming hard. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> um, at the same time, uh, that South Carolina is going to be coming hard for Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky is going to be coming hard for South Carolina because. They've lost two games in a row, so they're going to be pissed off and want to win this game, JB. So what's going to happen? Yeah, here's the thing about South Carolina. Like, this Kentucky game, South Carolina, if we're looking ahead for South Carolina, uh, this game could be a make-or-break difference for South Carolina, whether or not they make a bowl. That's how tough the South Carolina schedule is this year. South Carolina, on paper, is probably going to be a little bit better team than last year, but their schedule is arguably the toughest in the country. I would probably argue it in the country. Uh, let's just to be fair there, but I am going to go with Kentucky in this one until I'm proven otherwise. I have to pick Kentucky because last year I picked South Carolina in that game, and then two years ago I picked South Carolina. Not going to make the mistake this time. I'm going to roll with the Wildcats in this one, getting the big win in Columbia, South Carolina. Mm, all right, all right, all right. Uh, so Kentucky's rebounding with a the win there. Holt, are you going to disagree with me? Actually, I think I am. Um, I was talking uh, at the beginning of, you know, the we're talking about the schedule that about teams that can take advantage of Kentucky secondary. And I do think that Jake Bentley is one of the better quarterbacks in SEC. Um, we'll talk about him more on the South Carolina preview, but I definitely think that, you know, he was a little overhyped going into last year and he didn't really live up to those expectations. And I think he's going to have a little bit better year this year. And, um, you know, Will Muschamp, they had a lot of injuries on defense last year. They're going to be healthy. I think they've got some good players on that side of the ball. 
and they're at home, obviously. It's really tough to win on the road in the SEC. And I'm going to give South Carolina the edge here. I do think it's going to be a close game because Will Muschamp doesn't, clo- doesn't coach blowouts. He only coaches close games. So this will definitely be a close, ugly game because Will Muschamp is coaching one team. But I expect Jake Bentley to make a few plays in the passing game, and South Carolina is going to get a big one at home over Kentucky and finally break that streak. I am going to agree with Holt. So that's a two and three Kentucky team now, according to the consensus. However, a three and two, three and two team, according to Holt and Jay ben independently. I love how this works sometimes. It's great. Uh, so now Kentucky goes back to Lexington to take on a second year Chad Morris, Arkansas led team who should have things figured out a little bit better this year. Um, so I'm not going to shit completely on Kentucky, so I think they're going to win this game against Arkansas. Um, hold, I'll give you the chance to not shit on Kentucky as much either. Yeah, it'll be a good uh, limit for Chad Morrison, Arkansas, um, to kind of see, like, where they're at. If Arkansas comes in and gets a big win here, then I think you can start to get really excited about what Chad Morrison is doing at Arkansas. Um, but if they come in and they don't play well, then I think I have to maybe start worrying about Arkansas and Chad Morris. Um, that being said, I like Kentucky to get the win here. Um, I think they're the better team. I think they're at home. And, uh, you know, they're coming off my week before this as well. So, put all that together, and I'm going to go with uh, Kentucky in this one. JB, what you got? Well, Kentucky's coming off a bye, uh, and they're playing Arkansas at home, you know, two weeks later after a uh, tough game in Columbia, South Carolina, which I have been winning, even if the consensus in our podcast doesn't. But I'm going to go with uh, Kentucky in this one. I think Arkansas is going to be a better team this year under Chad Morris. But I don't think they're better enough to say that I, they're going to go to Lexington and beat the Kentucky Wildcats. So I'm, I'm going to go with Kentucky in this one. Three and three Kentucky team gets the opportunity to go to Athens, Georgia and get their asses whooped. I don't know. I think, I think this might be a consensus, which I got. I'll start with you, JB, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say whooped, but I do feel pretty confident about Georgia winning this one. I mean, I don't think we really have to elaborate that much. I mean, Georgia, I mean, pretty much whooped their ass last year in Lexington when they lost, the, you know, the, when Georgia beat them like 34-17. So, I mean, I'm, I would probably say it's pretty reasonable to think that Georgia's probably going to do the same this year in Athens. I mean, Georgia has got not a lot of pressure, but a little bit of pressure this year to uh, get over the hump. And uh, they really need to roll through this SEC schedule, in my opinion, and go undefeated to have a shot at the playoff. If I think if they lose one game, then that puts a lot of pressure on them to have to win this championship like it was in the situation last year. So I'm going to Georgia. I think Georgia is going to be one to take care of business. And uh, in fairness, JB, uh, I know you're kind of shy about or hesitant to say Georgia whooping ass, but, I mean, that's, that's basically what they do in the SEC over the last couple of years. So, I mean, it's not – uh, it's not out of the norm for them just to dominate the SECs. Uh, nothing against Kentucky or anybody else in the SECs. It's just it's been tough lately. Um, Holt, you going to disagree with me or not? No, I'm going to have to go Georgia in this one. I mean, they're at home. They got a significant talent edge. Um, you know, I just think Kirby Smart has a role in there. There's really only like one or two games this year that I could see Georgia losing. Um, and, I mean, this isn't one of them. I, I really like Kentucky, but I just – I don't know if they're built uh, to kind of win a game like this and pull like a major upset. Um, I think 
Georgia's going to be able to run the ball on them pretty well and kind of, uh, you know, enforce their will, I guess you could say. And I think Jake Fromm could really do whatever he wanted to um, secondary against the secondary. Um, so I think this one has a chance to get real ugly. I'm not saying it will. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Kentucky went down there and played a really good game. Um, but I just don't see them winning this one. Three and four, Kentucky goes back to Lexington to take on Kelly Bryant and the Missouri Tigers, or Missouri, excuse me, Missouri Tigers. Uh, this is another toss-up. Uh, I think Missouri's actually going to be pretty good next year. I don't want to say great, but, like, a lot better than last year. So, I'm going to say Missouri win here. Um, Jeb, you want to back me up? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I actually – let me get a hold real quick while you're thinking, because you're you're taking too much time about this. I know. I'll, I'll let you go with hold here. Yeah, JB really has to collect his thoughts. He's really uh, <laughs> he's really thinking really hard about Missouri, but uh, I mean, I don't know how you lose Drew Lock and get better. I mean, that's that's what I'm worried about. I am really really excited about some of their playmakers on offense. Um, I believe Ron Crockett are both back. So I mean, they their running backs are really good. They're really underrated. People don't talk about them nearly enough. Um, and I like Kelly Bryant. I think he's good, not great. I think he more establishes the floor of that team than the ceiling. Um, and I just – my main problem with Missouri is I just don't really like Barry Odom. I just don't think he's a great coach. I play kind of undisciplined at times. They do a lot of students. And, uh, you know, I just don't really have a lot of faith in him to go on the road and get a big one like this. Um, you know, they, obviously they lost Drew Locke, so they're going to struggle a little bit more in the passing game next year. You know, I think Kelly Bryant will be fine but I don't think he's going to come in and be better than Drew Locke was. Um, they're definitely going to have – and I think Kentucky, you know, obviously being at home, I think being at home is a huge advantage when you're playing a team that likes to run the ball. Um, I just – I think the running game is where a lot of that energy comes from the stadium and, you know, helps you play the running game better. So, I, I mean, I really like Kentucky to, uh, to get the win here. Um, I know a lot of people are hot in Missouri this year. And I was high in Missouri last year, and they kind of let me down. So, uh, I'm going to have to go with Kentucky in this one. Jebby, do you have enough time, or are you going to come back to the end of the show? Yeah, the thing it is, uh, I'm actually pretty confident about Missouri this year. I mean, that, I am not probably as high on the train as what Holt was last year, but Missouri's got an extremely favorable schedule, and they got a lot of returning starters on offense. I don't think Kelly Bryant is a, is as talented as but that offense they have in that system is very favorable to quarterback. You know, do pretty well in offense. And I'm going to go with Missouri in this one because I, I do really like Missouri this year. I, I think their uh, team is actually a little bit better on paper than they are last, last year. So I'm going to go with uh, Missouri to uh, come into Lexington and steal a game there. I think three and five now because I'm going to go with Missouri as well. Uh Going back, staying in Lexington, excuse me, taking on Tennessee, the rivalry game, JB. Stay with you. Um, you told me two facts of Kentucky football are never never losing to South Carolina and never beating Tennessee. That hold true for the um, 2019 season? Well, considering last year, you know, Tennessee blew out Kentucky at home. Uh, Kentucky only has four returning starters on offense and defense returning serves on offense six on defense and the fact that uh, Tennessee 
you know, you, no matter how good Tennessee is or how bad they are, no matter how good or bad Kentucky is, Tennessee always seems to be Kentucky in football. I think that's going to hold true this year. I think – but that's not it. Just putting that aside, I just think that Tennessee does have a lot of guys coming back this year. I think they got a lot to prove coming up this season. I think at this point, Tennessee will be playing for bowl positioning. So I'm going to go with that Tennessee in this one. Oh, does it, does it hurt you to say Tennessee's going to win a game? Uh, well, I'm not going to say that because I'm actually going to you to win this game. Ooh. I picked them to, to lose to South Carolina, which they never do, and now I'm going to pick them to beat Tennessee, which they never do. Um, this is really tough for me because I really have no idea what to expect out of Tennessee this year. Um, I think offensively they have some pieces, but I'm worried about their offensive line. I'm worried about their running game. And I think when you go to a place like Lexington, um, you're going to have to run the ball if you're going to win. So I think – I think Kentucky is going to get the win here. I think it's going to be another low. I think Kentucky is going to play a lot of those this year. I think it's going to be like a low scoring grinded out game. And um, I just, I think that Kentucky is going to make one or two more plays in this game. And I think it's going to be a really close game. I think Kentucky's going to get the win. All right, man. I hate to be the deal breaker on the, like the unfavorable side for Kentucky, but uh, I'm going to pick Tennessee or Kentucky to lose again. So that's uh three and six Kentucky going to Vanderbilt. I promise I don't hate Kentucky this year either. Uh, going to Vanderbilt, uh, another rivalry game. Uh, this will be a tough one uh, just because uh, Vanderbilt needs to win some games this year, and this is one that, that they think they can win, or out of all their games, this is one that they can win the SEC. So um, I'm going to go with Vanderbilt in this game, but I'll let y'all talk about it. Uh, i start with you, Holt. Holt. JB. Sorry, Alex, you're breaking well, Vic, you're... Yeah, I was just saying uh, I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick Vanderbilt uh, to or excuse me Kentucky to win this game against Vanderbilt. But I'm curious if you're agreeing with me, which I think I already know because of the Vanderbilt preview. Yeah, well, when I was doing the Vanderbilt preview, I was picking them to lose a lot of games, and I kind of felt so I them to be Kentucky at home. Um, but I guess I'm gonna stick with that. Uh, I think Barrett. I don't know. I I do. Kind of with Mark Stoops, I mean, he never blows anyone out. So there's no really sure wins for him. And I think Vanderbilt, like at this point in the season, is going to be kind of desperate for a win. And they're going to be pulling out all the stops. And, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn is probably the best running back in the SEC or one of the best. Um, and I just I just feel like uh, Derek Mason's going to get a big win here. And uh, they're going to get the win there in Nashville. Keyshawn Vaughn versus Cash Daniel. What a matchup. That's a, that's a good bat- boxing matchup I would pay to see. But it's just just a, a nice little SEC football matchup that I like too. JB, you going with Vanderbilt here? Yeah, I'm going with Vanderbilt too. I picked Vanderbilt to be to be Kentucky in the uh, Vanderbilt preview, so I'm going to go with the uh, Vanderbilt this one. So two Vanderbilts to one Kentucky. Y'all outruled me this time. I thought you picked right. Kentucky in the other one. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm pretty sure you pick Kentucky. No, I pick Vanderbilt. You can go back and listen. All right. <laughs> Run the taste, Paul. <laughs> so yeah, point of the season. Um, I think what what what's the consensus now, Holt? I mean, not. I'm sorry, Holt. Alex. You're... <laughs> Man, it's past Jamie's bedtime. <laughs> um, the consensus is uh, Vanderbilt. Because I pick Kentucky, y'all both pick Vanderbilt right now. What is the, you know, with consensus so far for 
For the season? Yeah. Uh, I would think and, it's probably four and six at the point. I think it's three and seven. The only games we got are Toledo, Eastern Michigan, Arkansas, and I think that's it because we, we, we picked against each other for Missouri, Tennessee, and Vander- I thought they were going to beat Vanderbilt, but y'all didn't think that. So that's three. I picked uh, Kentucky to go eight and four, so I don't know about y'all, but that's fascinating because I have Kentucky at seven and five overall and five and five at this point in the season. So yeah, our consensus is really shitty. Yeah, Alex has got Kentucky going like three and nine. <laughs> no, I think I have them. I have them winning six games. I think. <laughs> I'm <trying> to... <laughs> I feel like we're just all picking the wrong games here. You know, <laughs> that's giving Kentucky the worst possible record that we could possibly give them. <laughs> like just, we're gonna look like a bunch of dumbasses. Like, yeah, we faced Kentucky to go like two and ten this year because <laughs> we all suck. All right, so, um, so we're currently, uh, I guess, what is it, four and six? We'll, we got two more games here. Yeah, let's, let's work one, together. Like, let's work together here. So, uh, UT Martin and Louisville. UT Martin's an easy one, but I don't think we even need to talk about that. We'll just say that's a win. So that's that's your fourth one for Kentucky and Louisville. I think is not an easy win, but a win. Rivalry games you can uh, throw out records and. Who who has the better uh, roster out the window? But I still think uh, Kentucky is going to win this game. It's in it's in Lexington, and uh, Kentucky needs to win. So uh, that is a five and seven Kentucky team, according to the social consensus. If you both pick Kentucky here, I'm picking Kentucky to be Louisville. Louisville's going to be down. <laughs> I mean, they're Louisville's got a rebuild to go through. Kentucky, to me, um, they're not having to rebuild. So. You know, even though consensus, if you're saying correct, is five and seven, my record is seven and five, which I think seven and five is a really good season for Kentucky, considering what they lost last year's team. A seven and five is what the record is in a what we would call a slight rebuild year for Kentucky. Then I, I would say Kentucky program is in really good shape. Oh, you you think? Are you agreeing with us for Kentucky being Louisville? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay, so, I hope so. Just so, so I know I took a lot of hate from Kentucky fans last year. I just want to make it clear that I'm picking them to go eight and four this year. I have them losing to Georgia, obviously, but I have them beating Florida, and then I have them losing to South Carolina, Mississippi State, and Vanderbilt all on the road. So I have them losing all their road games and winning all their home games. So basically, basically that's okay. where we're at. So don't don't hate on me. Hate on Alex. His <laughs> Twitter handle is at bullship one. And you can tweet all your hate at him. He's got that picture of him, like, trying to look like a gangster in front of a sports car. That's him. That's just me, yeah. me and my hood. Me and my hood. Uh, yeah, I got Kentucky at 7-5. My five losses for them are Florida, at Mississippi State, uh, at Georgia, Missouri, and Tennessee. Yeah. Well, I, I have them um, going six and six, and I think that's a good year. I can't wait to Kentucky disappoints y'all, and y'all hate Kentucky next year after this. They'll be like, "Man, Kentucky always disappoints me." It'll be. Uh, well, it'll be- I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to be fair here. Well, I mean, like last year. Hopefully, I make some of them happy this time. Yeah, maybe they'll invite you to their diner, man. Dude, all I know is that Missouri fans better not say shit because. I, I was all over them last year, and they, they screwed me over. They blew that game against Kentucky. They blew that game against South Carolina. You know what I mean? And then they totally didn't show up against Alabama. And then Georgia, they just did a bunch of stupid crap to make them lose by, like, 15 or 14, whatever it was. 
I can't even believe Drew Locke didn't want to get his picture with us, JB, at the Grizzly game. Like, did he not know we were the SEC's slow smoked official people? He, he was just pissed that I wasn't there. That's what happened. He didn't know <laughs> like, that. But he'll know in the future that he missed a golden opportunity. Yeah. That's all right. That's all right. I don't even know what Drew Locke, I guess he got drafted, right? I, I forgot where he got drafted to. But he got drafted, I know. Is it the Broncos, right? Yeah, he's a Bronco. Yeah, when we we uh, we discussed this. This is a this is not a great thing anymore, right, JB? It used to be a good thing to be a quarterback and go to the Broncos. Now it's not, right? No, yeah, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they go to quarterbacks like Handy in Denver. All right, so we got <laughs> six, seven, and eight wins forecasted for Kentucky. We we all don't hate Kentucky. Um, that is the consensus on SEC slow smokes. Um, would, let's just talk about this for a second. Would six wins be a disappointment this year, or would it be still okay and not like the worst thing in the world and moving in the right direction, even in a rebuild year? I mean, I think that if you go to a bowl game, it's hard to be too mad. But I definitely think a lot of Kentucky fans would be disappointed at six and six. And I think that I would be disappointed in Kentucky if they went six and six this year. Um, I do expect them to take a step back. I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year, but I still think they're going to be good. They're going to be a respectable team. Uh, no one's going to look forward to playing Kentucky this year. Um, I think Hoops has definitely proven that he can develop players, you know, go find them, recruit them, and turn them into solid SEC players and eventually NFL players. So, you know, I really like both of their lines of scrimmage. You know, their offensive line, I don't know if you guys know this, they have three offensive linemen who are former Army All-American game players, and we talked about all the sides they have on that defensive line. So they definitely um, are really good on both lines of scrimmage, and I think that's, you know – that's what you have to be good at if you want to compete in this league and Mark knows how to uh, recruit and evaluate and develop those guys. And they don't miss a meal. They're not missing no meals. JB, would you rather go 6-6 six and six and win a bowl game or 7-6 and six and lose a bowl game? Um, I think I, I think everyone would rather win a bowl game. It just depends who that uh, extra win is against. If it's just a uh, you know, no, if it's a nobody team, I don't really care. But if if it's one of those swing games that we talked about me. in the beginning, I, excuse me, I said that wrong. So I, I'm going to say I'm going to say six with the ball win. No, no, yeah, I'm saying six, six, six in the regular season or seven in regular season and lose a bowl game with so go seven and seven and six or uh, with losing your bowl game or seven and six winning your bowl game. I think I'd rather go seven to six winning your bowl game. Well, when you win the bowl game, you like feel good for like the whole off season at least because yeah. you're not coming off a. Lot. Like I feel like if your last game was a win, you you just still look better season. Yeah, good good example. Actually, whenever Mississippi State had the really shitty year and they ended up beating, I think it was Western Kentucky in their bowl game, that felt good. And they were supposed to lose that game, or like I'm not saying before the game started, but during the game, like they they shouldn't have won the game the way they did at the end. I forgot what happened. Oh, you're talking about Ohio. Who was it? You're talking about Miami of Ohio in the St. Yeah. Peter's Bowl. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I remember that. That was not fun. I I literally forgot about that game like right when it happened. I was like, as soon as the game ended, I was like, all right, I'm never <laughs> game again. Hey, but they won. They got the W. That's all that matters. Um, all right, it's been fun doing the Kentucky podcast. Um, we will we will I guess monitor Kentucky's success, and we'll see which one of us is going to eat crow during the year because I think it's um, so JB's JB's in the safe spot because he's the one who's like in the middle of us. So he does, he's not going to get the worst or the best of it, but it's either going to be me or Holt, and I think it's not going to be Holt. Right? I think it's not going to well, be Well, I, I definitely I, – I could see Kentucky going five and seven more than I could see them going nine and three. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. 
I, think, I don't think they're going. I mean, maybe they will. I think I'm kind of on like the the top of their, you know, best case scenario, and you're maybe not quite at their worst case scenario. So I'll, I'll say it like that. What is the consensus for Vegas and for Feel Still? Like seven, six and a half, seven. I think point five is what I saw for uh, over under for Kentucky wins this year. So. I think our consensus is um, – the consensus for Slow Smoked is right at six. Mine is just barely over at seven. Well, no, I think we just – I don't know if we just did it and went five. I think we might – I think we just did five games. Consensus. I think we might just did five. I'm going to pause. I'll also, also go replay my mind. But we only agreed upon wins for Toledo, Eastern Michigan, UT Martin, and Louisville. Uh, hold on. Toledo, Eastern Michigan, Arkansas, UT Martin, Louisville, because we didn't agree on Vanderbilt. So we, we have only five games. As but independently, we have them winning six, seven, and eight. So we'll have to rethink how we do this consensus now, because really, if we were doing the consensus now, we would say, like, we would take an average of the total wins of each of our opinions. So, like, it would be seven wins is what our consensus would be, because it's the middle of me and Holtz and yours, but uh, I digress. We're uh, we're not going to be uh, experts on uh, gambling for Kentucky. I don't think Kentucky's hard to gamble. I think, but uh, yeah, I think Tennessee is probably the, the one team this year that I just really like. I I could see so many different things coming out of their season. Like I can see it going so many different ways. I feel like Kentucky. Like I'm pretty sure they're going to get to six wins, and I'm pretty sure they're not going to get above eight. But Tennessee, I mean. I feel like I could see them going five and seven. I could see them going like nine and two. I mean, I really just. Yeah. We'll have to save it for Tennessee. Uh, but Tennessee's coming up soon, I, I would expect. Uh, we're going to get, believe it or not, we are going to get to all these podcasts before the first game of the year. So we got some work to do, but thanks for listening to us in the meantime. And we'll, uh, we'll do the upcoming podcast pretty soon here. So be on the lookout. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to another outstanding episode of the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoked. Spread the good word on this podcast like the chili and cheese on your fries. If you like this podcast, tell a friend because there's plenty to go around. Oh, yeah.